Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I have me boombox and a copy of the anthem and they don't like it. Hey, what's up? Oh, not you again. Come on to the rock show. Come on to the people's show. Come on to the premiere show. Smackdown. It's the 14th of September, the year of our Lord 2000. A1's god-awful cover of Take On Me. Yes, that happened. A1, you sunk all of our battleships. <laughs> Scary Movie is number one in the charts. Loved it at the time, but then the fact it gave us Epic Movie and everything else afterwards, nah, maybe not so much now. Still, much love. Lego Stunt Rally is the number one game of the minute. <laughs> what a game that is as well. Yeah, Lego you can, stunt rally. Right, you can take the Lego bits off the vehicle and then you can make it. But you can't take so. the bits off of the Lego. That's. <laughs> <laughs> to be the brick. Woo, you gotta beat the brick. You can take the bits off the Lego, but you can't take the Lego off the bits. <laughs> brick Flair, what are you doing here? <laughs> That's mental. Oh my god. I've crossed into the Lego dimension. Ravishing Brick Rude. (laughs) Forgettable WCW Worldwide Jobber Brick Fuller. (laughs) Guess you'll take the pinfall loss then, mate. It's that tag team, Duplo and Domino. (laughs) Oh. And scene. Oh. The first series of Big Brother is won by Craig Phillips. Oh, this week I'd like to nominate uh, Shada. <laughs> he announces that he will be giving his 70 grand prize fund to his friend Jean Harris, who has Down syndrome, to pay for her heart and lung transplant. Oh. And let that be the nice bit of the show that gets us all warm and ready for the ensuing hour and a half of complete twaddle. <laughs> As we answer the question, what was happening in the world of wrestling during this time? And we go, we'd love to tell you that and more as you were listening to the Cultaholic Classic Smackdown Review with myself, Mafu. Join us always by... Wait, wait, I've got one. The Bricky Morton. (laughs) 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 To the other one. 
uh, here to, to your is... to your connects von Eric. <laughs> oh. Yeah. He said, he said, let go my leg. And it popped off. Uh, Mr. Tom Campbell. How you doing? Uh, uh, I'm doing good. Thank you. Bricky Santana. Uh, it's good to be here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bricky Knight, what are you doing here? Oh, look at you. Ricky Knight. Ricky Knight getting a shout. Oh, my daughter's famous. That's, that's Cat Kane. Why are you doing an impression of Ricky Knight? Or Bricky Knight. I am good, thank you, mate. As you can tell, we're off to a flying start. Mate, this week, I had a haircut. Ooh. It's happened. I had an actual cut of my hair. And oh my God, feels amazing. Wait, could we do the, uh, in tribute to the show, of course, Tom, but can we, of course, do the rocks, uh, what's that? Someone got a haircut. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's how I feel. I feel like the big show that day he had a haircut and the rock just took the mick out of him and he made him cry. Because yeah, that was the only thing he had going on. <laughs> it was, it's a, it's a worrying state of affairs where you are a big lad like big show and the only discernible thing about you is your haircut. That's a problem. That's a problem. But I'm great, mate. It feels so good to have had a haircut. It's and, and and mate, not even that. Not even a haircut. This week, I had I've had a pint outside. Ooh. Outside my house, poured by somebody else using a draft pump. I had a draft pint, my friend. How does that? Is it just leading all the way out like an extension cable? <laughs> no, because I went to I went to a bar. And sat outside. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Let's do another tribute to another great podcast. <laughs> Tom, which bar did you drink from? Hey! It was uh, a Nogger bar. It was... Oh. It Well, there was... Um, we went... Yeah, well, to, I'll be honest with you. I've had more than one beer at more than one bar. Um, it, it's flowed very well. Uh, had uh, Alex and I, the good lady and I, we went and had some drinks in Newcastle. On Grey Street, which at the moment, rep- uh. at the moment, it looks like uh, the Mediterranean, simply because it's all yes. these outside seating areas, and there's a lot of older older folk with long hair sat having pints and staring out into the road, uh, which is because now because the rule is to to explain to those who maybe are not familiar with uh, the UK's roadmap out of lockdown, uh, what's the what the crack is is that we're now at a point where bars and restaurants can reopen, but only allowed to sit outside. So what's happened is all these bars and restaurants in Newcastle have converted into outdoor seating. And some have done it really well. The one that we go to, uh, Layla Lilies, which is easy to say when you get there, less easy to say <laughs> five pints later. Uh, <laughs> um, they've got like AstroTurf down and beautiful seating and like some nice like picket fences around. It feels like you're in like a very posh garden. They've done a beautiful job of it. Some have literally just chucked some garden furniture outside the door and <laughs> it doesn't really matter because they're all very busy. Like everyone is just desperate to get back out again. So I've been out drinking there quite a bit. Uh, and I, I even saw, I even, I even saw, am I allowed to say this? Am I allowed to say this? I think I am allowed to say this. I saw somebody from work, like in person, outside. I did. You're not saying. I'm allowed to say it because it was, because Andrew and I went for a beer. Because we were, because I, I had to pop in on Monday to the office to, 
to record something still socially distanced because there's still a lot of regulations and such in place that means we can't be in the same vicinity together and things like that but i had to pop in and because we can drink outside kev outside and we sat in a bar just up the road and we had a couple of beers it was like old times matthew like old times and i'm I think we need to get that booked in, brother. We need to get that booked in. We certainly in. do, mate. I'm very happy that you and the rest of the cults are managing to socialise. I was going to go for a lovely walk and socialise with some of my friends. And you know what? I doubled down because I wanted to hang out with at least somebody because I figured one of them might pull out. I have flaky friends. And uh, they both pulled out. Oh, no. <laughs> you should have called me, mate. If two, I was around, two Del I'd have floated over. <laughs> I'd have floated over. Oh, you know what? I didn't even think about doing the cult, lads, uh, which just shows where my head's at sometimes. But yeah, sorry about that, Tom. We'll book something else in. Well, I tell you what, I tell you what, let's do some live, let's do some live administration. Um, how oh, no, you... Tom, that sounds suspiciously like laziness to me. Well, <laughs> you'd be right. Uh, <laughs> how are you fixed for, let me think, uh, Saturday? I.e. the day this podcast goes out. Oh, of, of course, that's right. Uh no, I'm working. Fine then. This ha- this is a bad idea to do this on this we'll, show because we'll, it's gonna be very boring. We'll figure this out after the show. We'll do some proper admin after the People show. People at home. Oh boy, live admin. Hey, they love it when we do live admin. They I can't wait for Curl XP to animate this exciting segment. Curl <laughs> XP, animate our admin, you bastard. Uh, so that's been my week. Haircut drinking. It's been splendid. It really has. How's your week been? Uh Mostly work, mostly going back to the gym. Yes. And I said this as we were starting this podcast before we went on uh, the air, but the guy I work with at work is a big henchman. And he... A henchman? Well, like for, I Doctor I said e- that. for Dr. Evil. <laughs> That's right. He's a number two kind of guy. But he, because he's so big and hench, uh, when he's typing something like, all right, let me show you details, he'll he'll type it up on the laptops that we all have. And uh, an old person may sound like, you know, Type, 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 like that. He'd be like, all right, what's your number? Three, nine, six, seven, eight, 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 eight. You know, it's, it's, he's slamming those keyboards down. He is doing <laughs> a good job. He is beating it like the drums in St. Anger by Metallica. And so I'm motivated like that, like most people, by um, insecurities. So I decided to go back to the gym for the first time in a well over a year. Don't ask us the first, last time I went. And it turns out, Tom, were you aware of this? It's not like if you play, oh, I don't know, a game like Hades, where you can come back for it months later and it still remembers your scores. It's not like you have to start again and you get, have to start from the basic weapons and get your way up. No, at the gym, it doesn't remember anything. What? So I was staggered. I went, I did this before easily over a year ago. Let me try it again. Oh, my arms have fallen off. That's not supposed to be like that. So I'm very confused by that. I hope someone fixes these gyms soon. I'll be able, I might get my saves. Until then, it's uh, day one for me, and it's grand, because some of these things that we're doing are outdoors, and what a good time for it. The summer's officially here. Bright lights, big cities. I hate deadlifts. Uh, shout out to every other exercise apart from them. <laughs> and that's that. Just trying to be as positive, because I'm much better. I think better. I act better. I talk better once I've had a bit of gym in me. Oh, I beg your pardon. Oh, well. If that doesn't prove my point, then nothing will. What? what? Now, I heard what you said, Matthew. (laughs) Hey, no! I can't get Grinder off my phone. So, we're going (laughs) to... 
I thought you meant cornet. <laughs> if tennis racket won't fit that way. So, we're going to... Um, we're... Our impressions of Kane have just descended into... It's... It... <laughs> We're now at that. We're now at sort of the lazy twenty third series of that's got to be Kane. So like the animators are just phoning in the the illustrations, as are the voice actors. Yes, exactly. Listen to Homer go. All right. So did they replace the dude with a robot? Homer.ex. Oh no, that's the same voice actor. Oh, okay. The same voice actor, and the animation is much. Uh, it is while slicker, also lazier and less and, and a bit more automated. That's where we're at. That's got to be Kane. It's season twenty three. Uh, we're, we're now we're now rewriting history, and now Kane is traveling in time <laughs> because they've exhausted all normal stories. Anyway, wait, he's traveling back in time. Yeah. maybe he's going to travel back in time. To the 14th of September, and he's going to get himself a hot off the presses copy of the Wrestling Observer newsletter, oh! and he's going to read it right now so we know beautiful. what's happening. He is indeed beautiful, beautiful segue way from Matthew Craig. Oh, now, yes, segue spelled S E G U E W A Y. Segue way from Matthew Greek. on for a late night rumble. We're fully loaded for the WWF. Viewers suffering from photosensitive epilepsy should be aware that this program contains flashing images. Uh, Channel 4 are burying WWF Sunday Night Heat in the UK. So this is... So, as we've talked about on the podcast over the past several months, Channel 4 in the UK bought the rights to WWF pay-per-views and they get a couple of years and they get Sunday Night Heat. They have had extreme levels of buyer's remorse ever since the purchase went down. Uh, And Dave Meltzer talks about this in The Observer this week. He says, in the UK, the ratings for Heat are going down because the show hasn't been given a regular time slot for months. They are constantly moving it around. This is essentially uh, what ITV did to uh, World of Sport Wrestling, where they just moved it up and around the schedule Uh. so no one could find it. And they went, well, the ratings are awful. Oh, well. So we're on a similar thing now. And uh, Dave continues by saying, apparently only two executives at Channel 4 had screened the program before they bought the rights to it. They both went, yeah, it's brilliant. They thought they they were buying a show (laughs) to hit the 10 to 16 age demographic. And they were surprised at the content. I mean, now, if Channel 4 were to, were to stick some money in now, they would probably get it's a little bit more what, they, what they've asked for, but the company didn't know what they were buying, says Dave, which is why they now insist on a one-hour tape delay for pay-per-views because they owe the rights to several shows that they do. Uh, because pay-per-view shows air at 1 a.m. and are still edited, when Channel 4 officials were asked why, they responded, quote, because a lot of children may be videotaping it. Now, in its own way, that's funny, even more so because the station itself has a rep for providing edgy programming. And it does! And this is the funny thing about Channel 4, is that Channel 4 is the show is the channel that was showing Beavis and Butthead uh, just before this or around this time at the height of Beavis and Butthead. Channel 4 was where I watched a lot of sort of questionable shows like Jam and uh, The Day Today. Oh, and Euro Bra- Trash. Euro Trash, Brass Eye, Crapston Villas. Like there was a lot of like edgy oh. content. And I know, deep cut with Crapston Villas. Uh, there was a lot of edgy content on Channel 4 and and 
had Channel 4 bought WWF knowing it would be edgy content, it would have fitted in quite nicely. But because it didn't fit the remit that they had planned for it, they're like, oh, dear, this is a problem. We'll just, we'll just we'll manage it out of the business. We'll just keep moving it around until the ratings dwindle and we can go, well, the ratings are crap. We're selling it off again. What a shame. It's, it's done before it's even started. I mean, that's true. Andy Peters was the head of the programming at the time of Channel 4 responsible for this decision. So I don't think it's fair to say that no one looked at it. Um, Ed the Duck clearly had a once-over of it. And, uh... <laughs> what do you think of it, Ed the Duck? <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Ed the Duck, what are you doing here? They're like, what do you have to say for yourself, Andy? Like, wait, wait, wait. Have you seen the programming? <laughs> I thought it was just going to be, you know, Hulk Hogan slamming Yoko, you know. It's like, hey, watch is it. Mae Young's titties. And then oh. everyone, everyone's head turns and goes, well, there's only one man responsible for this, Ed. And all the, the boardroom people in the suits are staring at this, this duck puppet. And duck looks up at Andy and goes, Ed, Ed too, Andy. And then leaves. <laughs> Then fall, ducky. Um, Kane, it's all right though, because Kane, Kane's arrived. Don't worry, lads. I'll get us back in the good books. I have bought a gift for Andy Peters. It is the Floor Sweeper Nine Thousand. Why, why have you? Why have you bought? Well, he lives in the broom cupboard, so I thought he would like a broom. <laughs> Kane, it's not an actual broom. It's it's a metaphor. It's a waterfall. I'll just give him the broom, Kane. Get out of it. Okay. Now, be good if, if you're good if Andy says, "No, Kane, I don't live in, I don't work in the broom cupboard anymore." And all the people <laughs> in the boardroom go, "No, you're gonna be working it after this, mate. You should take it." <laughs> now, it's not all doom and all gloom for wrestling and WWF in the UK, as turns out, The Rock is a bit of a hit in the music world. Yo, this is The Rock kicking it with the refugee camp, and you're about to smell what The Rock is cooking. Uh, it was uh, two weeks have passed since the release of Wycliffe Jean's It Doesn't Matter, featuring The Rock, and it is riding high at number three in the UK singles chart. Do you remember It Doesn't Matter, Matthew? <laughs> that don't impress me. <laughs> a distinct differential in quality it's because in between starting this show and where we are now we have alex started hoovering as well so it's all gone well. ah. if you notice a substantial differential in quality between how we started and where we are now that's because we moved over from clean feed to zoom due to technical issues if you haven't noticed a distinct differential in quality then hey don't worry about it so why cliff john and it doesn't matter belter of a song number three in the uk charts uh, it samples this is scar by bad manners and slick rick's mona lisa the second verse in that song parodies pink floyd's the wall so math this genuinely brings together music i do believe <laughs> Oh, that was it? Uh, yes, it does genuinely... <laughs> <laughs> this show is fucking cursed! <laughs> All of it staying in. 
All please of leave that in. in. Please leave that I in. I had edited. Matthew. I had edited any of this. Matthew, any I believe that this this song brings together music, mate. I was on the Sonic, <laughs> the comic, the podcast this past weekend, uh-huh. right? Big shout to Dave Bulmer. Uh, uh, big Dave, big Dave Bulmer, as I've started calling him now. <laughs> big Dave Bulmer. <laughs> big Dave Bulmer, right? Uh, big Dave Bulmer and Chris McFeely, uh, who have a, them and a the team of editors who. Honest to God, the production value on that podcast made me made my penis feel really small because like I I thought I need to start putting more production stuff into this. And I was like, right, the Smackdown podcast. It's a new era. I'm going to edit this beautifully. It's going to be nice and crisp. Now, bugger it. Can't be asked this week. You're getting it as it comes. But Tom, that's life, mate. That's like it's always when you want something to be good at the exact moment of time. Is when, it, when it's going to be inevitably it's crappest. So, exactly. But you know what? As Tell a great man Cliff once John. said, as a great man once said, Tom, it doesn't matter. Yeah! What a great tie back in. Do you remember the song? Yes, but all I remember are the rock bits. So I have no idea what the rest <laughs> of the song is. It could be just Shania Twain, like I'm Brad Pitt. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm a rocket scientist. It doesn't matter. I remember the music video had like footage of the rock driving around yeah or is that no no that's, that's the wf aggression song isn't it oh, no, no 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 he was driving around no the, the, you're thinking of uh smell the song the from aggression the where he's driving around very quickly but yeah. he does do a little bit of driving in in the wycliffe john it doesn't matter video but a lot of it is the rock walking around a nightclub yeah. on a on a behind in front of a white wall next to wycliffe doing all the it doesn't matter stuff um, so heavy rock reference. This song, right? As, as I discovered in the ed- in the in the research of this, there's a French version. How how is it called? Called Cade me faire rien. Cade me faire rien. Omelette uh, no du rock, fromage. Omelette du fromage. <laughs> I just had an omelette du fromage. I forgot what you say. <laughs> Joey from Friends doing French. Um, bleep, 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 bleep. Sorry to all the good <laughs> French-speaking people. It's sung by Jackie and Ben Jay, who are singers from France. Uh, sadly, oh. they missed the opportunity to get Pierre-Carl Houlet to do the of vocals course. on this. That would have been or, even or, better. Or Frenchie Martin and Pat Patterson, who they're French, according to, oh. Jeff, according to Brucey P, was as bad as uh, the bloke from Friends is. As you look at it, it's like, what? What are they speaking? <laughs> so it's French. not even real French, mate. <laughs> so uh, that the rock is the rock's hitting the charts with it doesn't matter. He is very loved around the world, especially in the UK. Shame that Sunday Night Heat is loved by Channel Four. Uh, the next bit I've got it just says "fat bastard" as a title. Um, <laughs> oh, it's big show. So it's it's big show related. Uh, <laughs> Because Matthews is taken just to dropping fat bastard. Because at this point in time, um, Big Show is off WWF television because he refuses to lose weight. And he's had attitude issues, so they've sent him to Ohio Valley Wrestling. So on the Ross report this week, Jim Ross has said that Big Show is indeed back in OVW after being out for a few weeks with a back injury. He's going to be there for a minimum of three months. Uh, whilst he was still very... 
much of the case of Big Show needs to buck his ideas up. There's a lot of praise from Mark Henry, who's down from 410 to 350 pounds, and he is, should be returning to the WWF by the end of the year 2000. Now, Big Show and Mark Henry both featured in, on an OVW TV taping this week. And Mark Henry is doing some good stuff. He was, he's been in the mix with guys like the collector and Nick Dinsmore, a uh, big show uh, has had a match against OVW champion, Rob Conway, and is currently also feuding with the disciples of sin in particular, getting into it with their monstrous member Leviathan. So big show versus Batista is currently happening in OVW in the year of our Lord 2000. Ah, it's so weird, isn't it? The wonderful world of mm. Cornet ran OVW when they produced so many stars and it was so positive that they responded by getting rid of Cornet. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> so there's a very, there's a very confusing uh, promo that Cornet does. So Cornet opens this episode of OVW TV. It's on YouTube and uh, it's Cornet. Uh, introducing the show big show comes out he's had his head shaved bald at this point jim Cornette does this spiel where he says he's too honest where he's like we're here we're at a taping of ovw tv uh, we're recording several weeks of shows here big show we know you've got a match down the line against the, the disciples of sin but by the time you get there you might have already beaten them <laughs> like why are you why are you letting us behind the curtain that much jim <laughs> it was a weird promo that i heard on this taping that's very weird but the big show was trying to tell people as he was being carted off to ovw but i just returned from a big push that i just had cinepatic importance <laughs> i headlined wrestlemania 2000 and i was i was really over as dressed up as hogan at backlash cinepatic importance <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that is the new catchphrase for the show. We'll make that a thing. Uh, WCW News. Vince Russo has told several employees that no matter what Brad Siegel and Eric Bischoff say, uh, the stories that Bischoff meet with Siegel about buying the company were indeed true. Bischoff definitely trying to buy the company. Bischoff saying, no, I'm not, mate. What are you talking about? And everyone else is going, mate, you are trying to buy the company. It's fine. Please buy the company. There's also a Japanese promotion looking at buying it, says Dave. He's not sure which one, though. So WCW. Oh, cheers, Dave. In... Well done, Dave. <laughs> digging, digging deep there. <laughs> He could have dug a he could have dug a trench. He dug he dug a puddle instead, and um, so WCW potentially up for sale. Like, oh, like already, like there's there's vultures with with wallets flying around WCW in September. We know the fate of WCW, but uh, it looks like it's up for sale already, Matthew. We are getting scary close to the end of WCW. Oh, what times we have to come! We're at the point now where it's still funny to make fun of it, but in a few months' time, it becomes sad. We're also near the end of days for ECW, as we will learn. Mm. And oh, potentially the writing on the wall came from something that Meltzer put out this week, which which on, on the surface doesn't look so. But hear me out. Meltzer says the long talked about plan of moving from ECW doing bi-monthly pay-per-views to monthly pay-per-views is on the books. They are doing a show on the 1st of October at St. Paul. On the 5th of November at Villa Park, not that Villa Park, and on the 3rd of December at the Hammerstein Ballroom in Manhattan, with buy rates dropping badly this year for WCW and also of late for ECW, only WWF is holding steady in, in the wrestling world in 2000. And this is this is a lot of there's a lot of pressure on ECW to grow beyond its means here. 
and we'll see this with the, the the way the TV show gets put out and and merchandising and it, and now putting on monthly pay per views like it's a strain on the company to to put on pay per views but of if, as long as they pay off it's fine but to do them monthly I genuinely think that whilst this doesn't seem like it on the surface this feels like the writing on the wall a bit for for ECW. Everything after the TNN deal was writing on the wall for ECW. It's just not many of the ECW wrestlers wanted to read the writing. So, yeah. It's going that way, isn't it? But it's all right because there are two more wrestling-themed promotions that could be on the horizon. Um, One of these is relatively well-documented. The other one, I don't even know if this was a thing. Uh, So... According to Dave in The Observer this week, uh, Fox Sports Net uh, are looking to bring some wrestling-based properties to their channel. One of them is a revival of the gorgeous ladies of wrestling, of GLOW, uh, this time called Women of Wrestling, headed by former GLOW promoter David McLean. And uh, so Women of Wrestling on the horizon here. Now, I know of Women of Wrestling. I think there is a version of WOW that still exists in some form to this day. Uh, But the the power of GLOW coming back. The other one, Fox Sports Net are floating. I looked this up, Maff. I'm hoping that you might be able to, uh, to, to shine a light on what this was. From Dave. Fox Sports Net will be running twice a week shows starting in November of the World Sumo Wrestling League with the idea of creating characters like wrestling does from all over the world, combined with using hip-hop, R&B, and rock music. I would be surprised if this happened because I guarantee (laughs) if it did happen, I would have known about it. (laughs) Because that sounds mint. In a city sumo. (laughs) It's a partridge idea. Oh. It is, isn't it? This is part. I'm just, as you say that, it's dawned on me. This was a partridge idea. <laughs> Inner city sumo. I mean, there's, there have been worse ideas for television oh. program than than a sumo, like a, a, an attitude era esque sumo wrestling federation. Yeah, super duper sumos. <laughs> They get the kids. <laughs> Big show. Get over there. I'm kidding, of course. But I'm intrigued by that. I, so, but you don't know anything of it. No, I wish I did. No. I wish we all did, mate. I bloody wish we all did. Um, those are my notes for the wrestling this week. Uh, it's now over to uh, the, the young and virile Matthew Gregg <laughs> to guide us through uh, the episode of SmackDown for this week. Over to you, Matthew Gregg. Girls. But I just want to point out, women wrestling. My favorite factoid is that they went, uh, they stopped making them on March 3rd, 2001. When it came back in 2013, they had the nerve to have the former tag champions, the people who had the tag champions last time, to go, yep, we've held those tag titles ever since. <laughs> wow, what a 13 year reign for us. Woof. So, yeah, lots of poo housery <laughs> there, but hopefully not on this episode of SmackDown. Which starts straight away with the witty wee witty woo. <laughs> no time for dramatic videos. We're in Phoenix, Arizona, with a crowd so hot you could say they're Moltres. Oh, <laughs> cheeky Pokemon reference there. It certainly is. 
Commissioner Foley starts the show. So the whole running down the card with graphics thing that they did last week has gone already. But Cole run, runs him down, but he's easily ignorable. We'll hear him in a minute from the man himself. When Vince McMahon left WWF to pump his wife full of children. <laughs> what a grotesque image. <laughs> give power to Foley. Foley pump thought he had full. absolute power. But he doesn't. He still answers to someone, the WWF fans. And he's not saying that to suck up, because if he did, he'd just say that we were right here. In Phoenix, Arizona, getting the cheap pop pop. The panda pop, if you will. So for Unforgiven, he has made it Kurt Angle versus Triple H. And a fatal four-way for the WWF title. Rock defending it against Benoit, Kane and The Undertaker. All those guys hate each other. So he better have them blow off some steam tonight so they don't ruin that pay-per-view. And he's forced to do something crazy like, oh, I don't know, book Al Snow in the main event with the crowd booing that joke. Al Snow is currently the European champion. Of all the times to insult him, why would you do this? Why not? That's just so unfair. Why not be a real man and insult Test or Val Venus like a real podcast? <laughs> yeah, exactly. On a podcast 20 years later where they can't reach you. That's right, which is recorded <laughs> half in Andy Peters' uh, broom closet. <laughs> <laughs> the, what, what I find upsetting about this is that obviously Mick Foley made a living off, Al's, off making digs at Al Snow. They never got a reaction. Like They literally just existed to make Mick yeah, Foley laugh. This did, though. Because crowd booze. But again, <laughs> at the worst possible time. He's a champion. He's one of the cha- he's a he's a champion of Europe. He's a champion of Europa. Europa, yes. And you know what? He's been damn entertaining on Monday Night Raw at this yeah. point. We'll get to him in a minute, but it's worth noting that El Snow is not in this episode. Clearly scared of Mick Foley. Uh, <laughs> Rock shows up to soak in the millions and millions of cheers. That'll come in his way because he's the rock and he's the coolest thing on WWF TV. The rock says, you think I'm a Mark man, F Foley? You don't, want, you don't think I'm going to make it to Unforgiven? The rock wipes a lobster's left testicle with what you think. The rock will kick anyone. And he gets out of the system. Foley says, rock, lobsters don't have testicles. I know because I've looked. Crowd reacts to that. And uh, speaking of looking... Here's a video from Raw. What a segue way. And it's Undertaker being <laughs> Billy Big Bollocks to Rock. <laughs> Foley brings up the fact that Undertaker's a dick, like that time he threw him off a cell for absolutely no reason. And, oh, wait, here he is. Ooh, Foley, you've done it now. Undy, in his overdub theme, says, hey, 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 just because me and Rock don't see eye to eye doesn't mean I'm going to sneak attack him. Seconds later, he then sizes up the rock and tries to attack him, so Foley has to get in the way. The big ginger liar. No, no, no. He said he wasn't going to sneak attack him. He'll, he'll happily attack him to his face, but he won't sneak attack him. Uh, she do so in the confines of the squared circle in a one-on-one contest, Gorilla. Oh, and then Benoit shows up. He's always a barrel of laughs. He'll save the segment. He says, whatever your plan is, Rock, it probably sucks. He airs a clip like a certain someone Norton. I forget the joke we have on the show. Undertaker was in position <laughs> for our last ride on Monday Night Raw. Getting ready to lift up Benoit right over his head, bra. But then Kane clotheslined Undertaker. So Benoit rolled through and pinned Undertaker with a jackknife pin. 
What a good finish. Uh, Great Benoit, finish. Yeah. Benoit is saying, well, you know, I, I did beat you. And Benoit is a little mad. Of course, he's a little everything. That after pinning Undertaker, all he gets is a fatal four-way for the title shot. Uh, then Kane goes bang, is what I've typed here. Uh, Kane appears, and he's speaking more and more clearly every week. He says to all the people who called him a monster, Well, Benoit, he's going to prove them right. That's a good throwback to Benoit's catchphrase, No one reacts. <laughs> I like that Kane is trying to be witty. Yeah. And then Kane gets the mic and goes, Oh, but when Mick Foley does an Al Snow joke, you all laugh. But when I write down a throwback to Benoit, Cat, you guys suck. <laughs> That's me trying to do an impression of Tom's impression of Kane now. <laughs> oh, gosh. Imp- in- in- impression with an impression. Impression section, if you will. <laughs> Mick Foley tries to restore some order, but then Kurt Angle appears to a bigger pop than Kane. Aww. Hey, Foley, even though all of this is important, it pales in comparison to Stephanie McMahon Helmsley, who was brutally attacked again by her husband, Triple H. And we get the clip from Raw of Triple H delivering a back elbow to Stephanie whilst trying to grapple Kurt. He wasn't looking at the time, so presumably Triple H felt that massive weight behind him and thought Big Show had snuck up on TV again. And so who can blame him? Triple H angrily appears and has to be restrained by Foley. He makes it Angle and Triple H versus TNA tonight. And, oh, God, we're sorry, says Triple H. Look, just forget it. Angle, it's not worth it. I'm not resting TNA again. Angle agrees. They shake hands and agree to share Stephanie with Triple H getting on the weekdays and Kurt getting on the weekends and any bank holidays. (laughs) Foley won't hear it and books everyone in a tag team match tonight against proper tag teams. And there's a wonderful edit where they have Foley overdub a bit where he goes, oh, by the way, if you attack one another, then you'll lose your match at Unforgiven, which is for the best. Very necessary overdub. As probably had people going, well, like the Meltzers going. Yeah, you had to kind of make that point, which they which they almost forgot. So glad they added that bit in, actually. Yeah. Uh, Rock gets double teamed by Benoit and Kane with Undertaker thinking, screw him. Then realizing he should probably help him out. So he does getting rid of Benoit, so it's only down to one-on-one, Rock and Kane, after which Kane choke slams Rock, and it is a beaut. Oh my god, it gets so high! Hey, Tom, it's amazing! I might be wrong here, I might have to gift this and put it on Twitter and see what people say, you may have already seen it by now, but this may have been the one that they mo-cap for No Mercy, with their legs going Ooh. perfectly up in the air and everything, I had a look at it and go, it could be, and this is why I think Undertaker knew it was going to be great. And that's why he didn't want to interfere and make life too easy for the he, rock. He was like, oh man, they're going to mocap that for no mercy. I'm not yeah. going to get involved. Yeah, he went, Kane, stop. Oh, what a choke slot. You know what? Keep on doing it, Kane. <laughs> so I've got a few notes on this uh, opening segment. Go ahead, Tom. That I'd like to partake. Uh, Mick Foley is right. Lobsters don't have testicles. Uh, they have gonads in their cephalothorax, oh, I pronounced this perfectly earlier, uh, cephalothorax, which is the, the fused head and the thorax. They have gonads basically in their head. <laughs> so Mick's right, Rock's right, everybody's right. Uh, Undertaker chewing tobacco. They showed it on the video backstage. Right, I'm sorry. Undertaker, 
gobbing out tobacco. Grim. Just grim. Just minging. Just I, there's something about it. I I I don't like I'm not a I'm not a prude or anything like that. I don't like spitting. I don't like I'm I'm not I sound like I sound like a miserable old fart, but I don't like spitting. I think spitting's a bit disgusting. And Undertaker just gozzed out chewing tobacco when he's on telly, like talking with a gob full of chewing tobacco, and then just anyway, I don't go and beat him to rock. I hate it. I hate it. It makes my skin crawl. Um there seems to be a slow burn effort to attempt to make Triple H a face. And I see it. I don't like it. Stop doing it. That's my thoughts on that. I enjoyed The Undertaker's reluctant support. It was masterful how Undertaker left the ring with Benoit and Kane giving him a shoe-in. And it's the way that he stopped for ages. And the camera's looking at him. And he just, he rolls his eyes and just goes, God damn before returning it was so wonderfully animated by undertaker i just really liked it and again it's that whole story of okay i don't like the rock but i hate kane and benoit i'm gonna help him out ah bugger it and then yeah, as you say i've got the height on that choke slam from kane just chef's kisses chef's kisses really nice opening segment i don't know how i feel about the whole no one touches anybody thing until unforgiven because this is something that they do on a for a couple of people throughout the night and I don't know whether the idea of don't touch your other opponent for unforgiven, whether that wears a bit thin. But I thought good opening, good opening to the shoe tonight. Yes, what a shoe. And you're right. Uh, probably brought out the lobster. I went, look, Rock, there's the, listen, listen. He goes, there's no testicles. Cinepate testicle. <laughs> Would you say, look, Rock, lobster? Oh. <laughs> it wasn't a testicle. It was a gonad or whatever. Rock gonad. Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. He's in developmental. Who? It's like, you'll know him in a few years' time. Totally for you, but your kids are going to love it. In the first of the three zero tolerance tag matches, which I really like the name of, Benoit Kane versus the APA. Big. Ooh! Big. Ooh! Ooh! Hear it. And a, a, a correction and clarification from last week. Oh, go on. Yes. When it comes to the APA, I, me- I sent you a message about it this. Um, a Mahusiv, thank you. I'm going to find the name of the person that came to our aid last week. There we go. It's not a person, actually. Oh, it's Ed it the is Duck. A, it is. It's Ed the Duck. Uh, I would like to thank uh, the wonderful folk behind Cheap Shot Wrestling at CSW Pod on Twitter, right? Because they spotted something that we completely missed from last week. And both of us missed this. So it was during the APA Dudley Boys bar fight. And we see a bunch of extras around the bar area. And as the shot opens up, there are three people sat at the bar. There's um, oh, two men now, and a yes. woman in between them. And on the left-hand side of the shot, if you want to watch it back on the on the network or Peacock, in a in a navy evening going out shirt type affair, it's only bloody OVW star Randy Orton, Randall Randall Keith making an early SmackDown appearance. Look at that! Little baby Randy Orton on SmackDown. 
Oh, isn't that lovely? Look at him. One day he's there talking to the woman, going, "One day I'm gonna, I'm gonna set the fiend on fire." And they're like, "What's a fiend?" It's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, I ran. Now I'm pretty sure that the. Now I'm looking at the picture again, and I'm just freeze framing it, and I think this is all OVW folk in this shot. Um, I'm pretty sure. On he is sat next to on the right, Danny Basham. Oh, I thought I was gonna say it was Russ Haas, but yeah, then that, that looks way more like him. Yeah, good show. And if you freeze the shot just as they come in, and I'm and and I'm thanking Cheap Shot Wrestling who shared this image online. You can see it in response to uh, a, a tweet that I did over the weekend. Um if you freeze it just as the shot comes round, I'm pretty sure that's Rob Conway who pokes his head into shot and leaves again. That I might be wrong about, but I might be Rob Conway. And also, I do believe the lady in the middle of the shot is a tradie wrestler. The name escapes me at this time. And I apologize. Uh, please inform me as to who that be. But yeah, Rand at least Randy Keith and Danny Basham from last week. We missed them. We missed all of them, mate. I don't think we're expecting any good to come out of the Have a Nice Day Cafe, but here we are. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, I had to drop that in. Thank you to Cheap Shot Wrestling at CSW Pod on Twitter. Uh, very, very happy to give you guys a shout. Uh, they've just, at time of recording, they've dropped episode 86. And they've talked about the Raw after WrestleMania. They go into detail about some of the releases from the company as well. Uh Big love for what they do. Thank you very much for, for the corrections and clarifications. Matthew, Greg, please continue. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, podcast. Benoit and Kane take on the APA. Big pop for the big drunks. Kane doesn't show up immediately. <laughs> He's too busy discovering the delivery men have planted his yakao in the toilet. So Benoit gets beaten up because he's small. And so the APA automatically think he can't drink. And they hate that. So... My Only Fools and Horses <laughs> reference died in its arse, and I guess that's all it deserved. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of wacky sitcom scenarios, and I guess that's already happened really in Only Fools and Horses. Uh, uh, one for, oh, shut up, Matthew. Benoit escapes a Dominator to deliver the Germans to Farouk. All three of them, Ulf, Spitzer, and Herman, connect, and the crossface gets locked into Farouk, with Bradshaw making the save with a powerbomb. Took his time there, so got to keep Farouk looking strong, I guess. Kane saves Benoit from a spine buster, so the rabid Wolverine sods off and leaves Kane to it, smiling away from the ramp. However, he stops grinning when he sees that Kane can beat the APA by himself, just like in 99 when he was with X-Pac. Kane gets pounded but keeps standing up, so Bradshaw hits his God, I wish I was Stan Hansen rather than a weird goth who drinks clothesline onto Kane for a double pin, which Kane immediately no-sells to run after Benoit who runs away. <laughs> um, an Acolyte Rules match. One of only a few in history. Can you name me one other Acolyte Rules match? When they took on the Hardy Boys of Michael Hayes? That is the one that only the, the only one I could remember as well. So that is correct. Yeah. The Acolytes basically, are winning tag match. It is basically what it is. What, the Acolyte Rules gimmick. tag match. The Acolytes are winning tag match. Um, I thought it was fine. Uh, I, I think it is... I, I'd have just had Kane wait out in the ring because he kind of left after beating up the rock only to come back out almost immediately after. I'd have just had him like have a little seat at ringside, maybe have himself a froob or maybe, uh, maybe eat a lug while 
<laughs> while they go to commercial. They can just come back and fight the APA. That'd be quite nice. As as we've been talking about this, I've jumped onto uh, the Twitter, and a a wonderful gentleman by the name of Rowan Rowan the Quiz I'll give you some love uh, has tweeted both yourself and myself with a Father Kane storyline, <laughs> and I feel like we should reflect on it. So, uh, Rowan the Quiz, thank you for this. Father Kane, the phone rings at the parochial house. Father Taz answers the phone. Kane, Father McGinty is dying. They need a man of the cloth to administer last rites. Get down at the farm right now. Kane arrives at the farm and is greeted by Mrs. McGinty, the farmer's wife. Hello, Father. Thank you for coming so quickly. But, but why, why is the window cleaner here as well? Well, Father Taz said you needed a man with a cloth. Oh no, I've made a terrible error. That's gotta be Father Kane. I see that as sitcom scenario. <laughs> yes! Thank you, at Rowan the Quiz. Feel free, by the way, to tweet us Father Kane scenarios. Oh, no, tweet we may, Tom. We may spontaneously read them out on the show. <laughs> We've opened the floodgates, haven't we? We've kicked open the forbidden door. No. It's like in the mummy. No, do not read from the book. <laughs> the book just says, worst sitcom ideas ever thought of. <laughs> anyway, Triple H goes to see Foley, and he's murdered. about team with, with Angle tonight? I know you've got head trauma, Foley. I gave you most of it. But even you can't justify this. I like that. Foley says he wants Triple H to team with him because he wants Triple H to destroy Angle. So do it, or you're out of Unforgiven. Where you'll be able to destroy... Uh, hmm. Oh well, we still love you, Foley. <laughs> it's fine, it's fine. Yes. And then we get some Eddie. The recap with him being a diddler to Road Dog in China. With China accepting his apology. So the next week they wrestle. Big upon too cool. With Eddie refusing the tag to China and losing as a result. Then dancing with them afterwards to show everything's alright. Followed by smacking them down afterwards like a sore loser. Eddie's like, hey, it's all good. And China seems really reluctant. China reveals she's going to be in Playboy. Eddie does not like this idea because he's her mamacita. No one else. He's her ma- Let me say that wrong. So Eddie drives his low... No, no, I got it. Yes, so Eddie drives his low rider to the Playboy Mansion. He gets out the, the low rider and goes, nice crib. He wants to speak to Hebner, but there's some misunderstanding, some wacky misunderstanding with the bad actor bodyguards. <laughs> These are average segments uh, because they can't decide if Eddie is a funny liar or an awkward violent sod. So these bits are kind of there with Eddie basically promoting Playboy by going, hey, China's going to be the next issue and it's going to sell really well and I can't be having that. It goes on sale the 10th of October. It'll cost $3.50. Hey, so no. And uh, yeah, Eddie can't get in. Kind of yells, looks sunny. Some people are in the background looking on going, what's happening? Oh, it's a wrestler and then leaving. Um, China watches this. <laughs> Oh, it's a wrestler. Go to the monkey cages instead. And uh, China watches this on the big screen and leaves the arena upset. Uh, yeah. 
look, I like Eddie, but they, they're not really... They're trying to do two things at once here, where he's like, oh, cool, funny Eddie, he was a kiss-ass to China, and also violent husband Eddie, which is like, eh, takes the fun out of it. What do you think, I, I I thought, right, the... Um, the Eddie stuff, I some horrible gaslighty shit, to be honest with you. <laughs> but he's so good. He's so charismatic in this role. He truly is. Um, China's former manager gave us a little bit of detail on the Playboy thing. I, I think this is, this is out there. Um, but Anthony Azaldo said that Vince McMahon wasn't massively keen on China doing Playboy. And he actually made her an alternate offer. So Anthony says they offered her the WWE championship belt. But Vince said, you, if you want the championship, you can't do Playboy. She chose Playboy over the WWE championship. There's so Vince no McMahon, way. so adamant, according to Anthony Ozaldo, that he didn't want China to do Playboy, that he offered her a title run instead. Wait, 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 wait. When, when, when was she supposed to win the... I know. Well, 2000, presumably. Somewhere in amongst the end of the Rock's reign. <laughs> no. Maybe. I mean, I don't know when you would have fitted that into the timeline of events. I don't even know if it would have been that long a title reign. Because the title here goes... Basically, it's the Rock until Angle... Yeah. In October, and then it angled back to the Rock, and then Rock back to Austin. I don't know where you'd squeeze in a China title reign <laughs> in all of this, unless, unless you could have done it so Angle became the champion. Maybe China had like a week long reign with it. Maybe China became the champ for a week, beat Angle, and then Angle beat her back. They could have, they could have, they could have feasibly done that. No, maybe. <laughs> no, I think that would have been a step too far for China, given her. Yeah, she was over for the point she was at. That would have been too much. Mm. I mean, I like her, and she had left a hell of a legacy, but her in-ring work <laughs> at this point, it cannot be understated how bad it was. But Trip, but Vince was keen to give her a title run in, instead of doing Playboy, according to Anthony Adeldo. That's amazing. Mm. Hit. Mm. I don't know. I'd like to hear Brucey P BS his way explaining that. I well, I hope one day he will. Chat me up on this, Bruce. <laughs> oh well, the belts are rolling. <laughs> no, no, no. This this is that uh, this is that the Brit Brit uh, a Brit Brit Baker wrote this. <laughs> oh, screw her. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> the, the Tom Campbell of the the do the cultaholic gimmick. Oh, sus, sus <laughs> No, not him. Oh, whatever. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love it if I'd love it if Conrad and Bruce were aware of us. I mean, I've interviewed Conrad and I don't think he's aware of me. <laughs> but I'd, I'd love them to be aware of us. <laughs> I'm a big I'm a big mark for Conrad. He gets a Likewise. lot of grief. I'm a big fan of his work. I just I think that, that man cuts a pace and, and I get annoyed when people go, where did you do all the podcasts? Because he's brilliant at it. Shut up and sit down and take notes. Um, I get very annoyed. I get quite defensive of Connie. I think he's very, very good at his job. And I get annoyed when people go, Ooh, why is he doing it? Well, why do you want to do it? Idiot. <laughs> anyway, anyway, enough of that. Yeah, that's a spirit. <laughs> Eddie at the Playboy Mansion was great. Um, just Eddie at this point. Again, the, 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 
the the gimmick itself is a bit uneasy, but Eddie plays it really well, so very well. And also top marks to Kevin Kelly, who was on the on the money. He was ready trying to get a huge scalp. The moment that Eddie bit played from earlier in the day and Chida's packing up her bag and leaving the dressing room, Kelly, Kevin Kelly's out there with a wired microphone, ready to go. He knew Chida was going to storm out. He's a pro, is my mate Kevin Kelly. He's a pro. Absolute pro. Uh, I don't know. Comrade, in the two seconds he got there, would have had a down to a podcast. So I think Kevin Kelly needs to step his game up. <laughs> yeah, I guess as she was coming out, she would have recorded three episodes of uh, of the China Envy, the podcast. Uh, oh no! Sponsored by Blue Chew, weirdly. Uh... It's because everything that Connie does is sponsored by Blue Chew. That's disgusting, Tom. If only you would self censor yourself. Speaking of which, oh. Right to Censor are here with their newest member. Uh, not like that. Uh, Val Venus. <laughs> Say it with me if we could sync it up. One, two, three. Goodbye, Push. <laughs> Hello, ladles. Uh, Val can't have fun, so he doesn't want anybody else to have fun. So now he's just coming out dressed as Mr. Clean, being yeah. boring. Yes, uh, Stephen Richards clarifies that they did not run over Steve Austin, which is a recurring thing throughout the episode where people are gently upon themselves going, nope, it wasn't me. Stephen reveals it was Taz because, you know, the orange balloons popped out of the trunk, so it was clearly... <laughs> oh, they didn't do that? Oh, forgot to say anything, sorry. Uh, Val Venus clarifies he was not brainwashed, silly. He realised he needed to stand up for the ills of the world and actually censorship his good in moderation. Uh, says here his promo wasn't scripted he was just that libertarian <laughs> and that damn libertarian anyway too cool and their friends victoria and the ho uh, join them at ringside val <laughs> venus is all white and looks like a disgruntled ice cream salesman he gets beat down by rikishi after he offers him a 69 with a flake <laughs> Hello, lollies. John! John! Love your work, John Eiley. What a guy. Support him on Kofi. Uh, he's going to make us a picture, I hope, of Valvinas as an ice cream man. <laughs> I scream. You all scream. We all scream. <laughs> Everyone screams for my push. Everyone screams when I come out for a singles contest. <laughs> <laughs> Sexy lands the hip hop. 99 Flake. Oh, 99. I remember 99. I was feuding with The Rock in 99. <laughs> oh, God. Never order a 99 from Val Venus. He just waxes lyrical about how he pinned mankind. Yeah. Hi, can I have an ice cream on a comb with a flake? Sorry, kid. I've got 99 ice creams, but a flake ain't one. (laughs) (laughs) What would his music be on his ice cream truck? (laughs) Green sleeves. (laughs) Oh, God, no. Play the right to censor theme instead. I'm just...
Oh wait, sorry, Tom's playing green sleeves dot uh dot M3U. Oh, here he comes! Ice cream! Ice cream man! Ice cream man! Hello, lollies! Oh god, it's Val! Like it! <laughs> I mean, I I couldn't think of any more it less intimidating um, <laughs> entrance music. <laughs> enter in enter in the Royal Rumble. <laughs> Three, two, one, uh Ice cream! Ice cream! And then Valvinus gets a microphone and goes, Hello, children. Make sure you stay in front of the ice cream van at all times, as I can't see you when I reverse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, throwing th 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 funny feet into the crowd. <laughs> no, what would be an awful ice cream to throw into the crowd? Pro probably at like a, a cone. Because people are throwing cones into the crowd. So people try and catch them. But they just end up on their face. Just, a, I hate when Valvinus comes out. Just th throws ice cream at us. Valvinus spots Wade the Keller in the front row and goes, I've got a scoop for you, Wade. <laughs> and he just pours the entire thing of vanilla on him. And Wade just looks at him and goes, we discussed this and I said no. <laughs> Stand back! I'm gonna get Neapolitan on your ass. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna give you a Dutch oven. Oh That's God. when I put a Dutch ice cream in my microwave that all ice cream men have in their vans for 30 seconds, so it's nice and warm and crumbly. <laughs> what did you think of me? <laughs> I've got a new manager to guide my career. Ladies and gentlemen, Jim Cornetto. <laughs> Get your Cleveland steamers. No. That's what we call chocolate that we put in the microwave that I just mentioned 30 seconds ago. So it's all nice and runny. <laughs> also, I'm going to shit on you. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you want to eat all my ice cream when you buy all my weed. <laughs> Here, kid, eat this ice cream whilst I'll tell you that the government is bees. <laughs> my tag team with the Godfather was going to be called Supply and Demand because he was a pimp and I was a porn star. But now I sell weed and ice cream. <laughs> so I supply my own demand. That's right. Keep them keen. <laughs> Keep them whipped like my ice cream. <laughs> Whip it out. Oh. <laughs> Whip them. Moving on. 20 minutes later. No. Bulb. Sex A lands the hip hop drop on Venus with yeah. Bull breaking it up. Bull meets the ass cream salesman in the corner, that's Rikishi, <laughs> and then takes the worm to a massive pop. Steven tries to interfere but gets hit with the ass. And while the referee is throwing out right to censor, Eddie run, Eddie Guerrero, what are you doing here? Runs in and maces Rikishi, allowing Venus to get the win after a blue thunder bomb of all things. It did do a good one, to be honest. But what's up with Eddie showing up here in this little feud? 
I mean, I say what what is more shocking, right? Is the fact that earlier today we had footage of Eddie Guerrero from the Playboy Mansion, right? The Playboy Mansion is in LA. They're in Phoenix. So what Eddie Eddie and and looking at the time in which Eddie was there, probably about 11 a.m., maybe 12 o'clock, high noon. It was quite bright. And and when Eddie turned up on SmackDown, he was in the same clothes that he had on when he was at the Playboy Mansion. So Eddie went to the Playboy Mansion. He got kicked out. He then drove 387 miles. He took a six-hour car journey in order to jump through the crowd and pepper spray Rikishi. <laughs> it was a very calculated attack. And that's, you know what? That's the, that's the level of commitment to, to a bit that I can really get behind. <laughs> this match, by the way, was sponsored by Sega. And I've forgotten that Sega's catchphrase for a while was taking games where gaming is going. Did you know that? Was it? Yeah. Uh, I looked at Sega's sort of quarterly plan. So in, in this particular time period, in the year of our Lord 2000, Sega was releasing NFL 2K1 and Skies of Arcadia. And they just dropped Jet Set Radio. And three days before SmackDown aired, Sega.com had launched SegaNet, which was an online gaming community for people with dial-up modems. Fun fact. Good times. And on the subject of sponsors of the show, before we move <laughs> on, um, I want to thank uh, again another contributor. We have been we've been blessed this week with a lot of people reaching out to the classic SmackDown review. Uh, Jake Doyle ninety three on Twitter. Thank you for this. Who is uh, just th- just now at time of recording? There must know we record at this time. Sent me a screen cap of uh, the Wikipedia for lugs. Oh yeah, right and. Lugs lists its notable endorsers. And the notable endorsers for Lugs, according to the website, are Eric Sermon, Snoop Dogg, Rakim, Outcast, 50 Cent, Kane Velasquez, Orange County Choppers, Kevin Harvick, World Wrestling Entertainment, and the Cultaholic Classic Smackdown Review. <laughs> <laughs> we made it on the wiki! <laughs> made it, Ma. Top of the world. Lugs, oh. we're sponsoring the SmackDown review. Eat your shoes with your feet. Yeah. Lugs, they're for dinner. <laughs> Lugs, they're like tents for your fing toenails. Yeah, what he said. <laughs> hey, you know what? I think we can really hammer a joke to death on this show, so I think we should move on from all this silly Lugs talk. And move on to the next segment, which is uh, TNA uh, backstage. <laughs> they get a prep talk from Trish, who lets them know they have the chance to beat a four-time champ. Albert says, yeah, the guy who stole your wife? Test, no. The guy who took my leftovers. To which Albert <laughs> pauses and goes, by the way, I borrowed your copy of Ocarina of Time. I managed to get past my dough. Test, you beat the game? <laughs> Have you done that before, by the way, Tom? I thought I'd ask you. Because I borrowed my mate's copy of Final Fantasy VII 
and he'd owned it for years, but I beat it in a few weeks, and he was devastated. Uh, I n- oh, I know, I know. I don't think I ever beat Final Fantasy VII. I got very oh. near the end. I don't think I ever beat it though. I I definitely raised a gold chocobo. Ah, oh, I did that with help from guides because otherwise I have no idea. Oh yeah, I need. Oh yeah, I I used guides. I definitely used guides to do it. I couldn't do that nonsense on my own because the for those who aren't in the know, where have you been? Uh, a gold chocobo allows you to traverse mountains, land, sea, everywhere. Like they're the best ones. So, but in order to and and, it, and once you had a gold chocobo, you could travel to this little island in the middle of nowhere, where you would pick up the Knights of the Round Summon, mm. and they and it was just the most deadly summon that you could use in the game. It, 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 I remember once using it on a on a on a random battle, like a, a pop up battle, and it was pointless to do because <laughs> it wasted the go and the battle lasted about 30 seconds, 25 seconds of which was the night of the round attack happening. It was amazing. Yes. It artificially uh, builds up the length of the game in the same way that us talking about looks artificially heightens the length of this podcast. <laughs> we got to get to 90 minutes somehow. <laughs> exactly. Not be with this wrestling. Otherwise uh, you don't get our money. Exactly. And now for more Zero Tolerance with Kurt and Triple H <laughs> versus TNA. Although wacky guys who just can't get along. And Kurt and Triple H. Oh, it's revealed. <laughs> Remember last week that someone called the police on Triple H for not hitting Steph? And we all assumed mm-hmm. it was Kurt Angle? It was revealed on Raw. It was Test. By God. Run the police on Triple H. <laughs> in revenge for the Triple H wedding thing. Well done, Test. It was only a year ago. Huh. And I've put here... Wait, wait, wait. He, Triple H is clearly not arrested. So that's another game Test failed at. <laughs> I like, I'm trying to envision what te- how Test made that phone call. Like, I reckon... shoot, Like... Him and Albert sat backstage. The test is like, I'm gonna ring, I'm gonna ring, I'm gonna ring. And Albert's like, Yeah, go on and ring. And, and Test picks up the phone, dials nine one one, and goes. Brr. He immediately hangs up. Oh, I can't do it! I can't do. It. Oh no, you can't do it now! You can't do it now! <laughs> Hello, police department. Um, Hello. Um, is your fridge running? <laughs> yes, it is, man. What's the problem? Well. Triple H hit his wife. Oh, I did it, I did it, I did it. High five, everybody. Can we go back to playing Lila Wars now? <laughs> That's exactly how it went down. Yeah, then he loaded up his copy of 91164. <laughs> oh, oh, goody, I love this game. Press start to enter. Okay, press a start. You have failed the game and you're arrested. What? <laughs> I thought it was the police. You are. Why am I arrested? Because you suck. <laughs> Don't worry about it, Test. I've got us a copy of Superman to play later. Oh, goody. Oh, brilliant. That'll be great. The Superman franchise goes from strength to strength. <laughs> Good old reliable Superman video games. Yep, they're always <laughs> fine. <laughs> If that's not good, don't worry, you have a backup. Oh, Albert, you're so clever. What else have you got? Model Combat versus the DC Universe. Wow, there's like two Supermen in that. That can't fail. <laughs> hey, that's nothing, right? You know there's now a Mortal Combat platform game. Shut the front door. It is. It's the first of many. 
they're going to do called Mortal Kombat Mythologies Sub-Zero. That's right. We'll play that later. It can't fail. That's why it says Mortal Kombat Mythologies hyphen name of character. They must be doing other ones like that. Oh, there's going to be loads. <laughs> Maybe they'll do so well that there'll be Mortal Kombat Mythologies TNA. <laughs> there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Triple H lets Angle wrestle first because he's so polite. Albert steamrolls him as Triple H laughs and applauds Albert. Kurt tags in even though Triple H didn't want it. I mean, who would want a wrestle test? Triple H beats test, then tags in Kurt Angle with a chop. Actually getting around the rules there. <laughs> Kurt takes apart test while crowd chants, Angle sucks, deciding that everyone sucks this match, but Angle is the most suck. Triple H and Kurt only come to blows, but remember they can't strike one another, so test goes after Triple H for five seconds. Trish trips Triple H, yeah, causing Seth to show up. Oh, I'm sure nothing bad will happen here. Uh, Test is powered up by Steph and gut-wrench powerbombs him for two. That used to be his finish. Side face, side face, side face. Steph and Trish go at it, but Kurt goes and saves, leaving Triple H to kill TNA. But wait, Triple H can't hit Kurt despite Angle daring him to, resulting in Test delivering Uncle Slam and pinning Triple H. Oh, nice. Every dog (laughs) has its day. This is the moment that Test spent his entire life waiting for. Finally. Finally. Pinning Triple H. Albert, the curse is lifted. We can finally get married now. (laughs) So as Test pins Triple H, he just dissolves into the earth. I kind of thought when I thought it would have been funny. Like Stephanie came out holding her head. Uh, like, oh, she's a bit bagged up. I thought it would have been a nice little callback if she got, if she stood ringside and gone, come on, Andrew. 
Like, oh no, she's oh. gone back a year. My time traveling machine worked. Yes, the four man, the four man feud, right? Like the Triple H, the Kurt Angle, the Test, and Bulldog's bin. The four closest <laughs> relationships on WFTV. Who, who would I like to go for a pint with? Well, if Bulldog's bin had a wallet. <laughs> yeah, if we're going to a pub, any of the three men. If we're going to a club, oh, Bulldog. <laughs> get in here get in here bulldog's bin not bulldog bulldog's bin bulldog's bin yes clearly that's what we're referring to yes because <laughs> making jokes of the hall of fame bulldog would be inappropriate because he died a horrible horrible death uh bulldog's bin is funny though bulldog's bin that's the only joke we've ever made that's right <laughs> we'll go back and edit audiences of bulldog jokes uh referencing stuff like oh, i don't know Crash Holly using his scales to weigh the pills that Bulldog with me. I can't believe we said that like the third episode of the podcast. I think he just, we often reflected on the fact that he looked like a swollen pepperami. Like a man made of hot dogs. <laughs> like a drawing of a man. Like an art um, attack that gone, you know what, kids, if you go out and for people, go to the shops, borrow your mum's wallet and just get some... T- Get some tins of hot dogs. Tip out the brine and get a pen. Voila. Bulldog. He's not even the one they made on Art Attack. He's the one that the head made on Art Attack. I had to go at this Art Attack and it was bloody crap. <laughs> My bulldog hot dog was shambles. Oh, no. Boing. Oh, well, at least it was as bad as his feud with The Rock in 99. Boing. <laughs> Back to you, lesser-known brother of Bull. Oh. <laughs> Very good. Thank you. And from good comedy to even better comedy, Taz goes <laughs> to see Mick Foley, who asks him, oh. who opens the segment with, Hey, Taz, has the mood changed yet? <laughs> that was that, a, was, that was genuinely lit my soul up. Mick Foley just dicking about, going, "Hey, Taz, is the mood changed?" Yeah. The backstage <laughs> drama about Taz taking himself too seriously and people mocking him—absolutely unfounded, not true. Uh, maybe there is some truth to him actually. Uh, Taz wants out of his contract and wants out <laughs> of his place. <laughs> Funny enough, I've got here Taz. Taz pulling it on Drade. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, but the backstage notes from Meltzer says, Taz wasn't aware that they were filming at the time. <laughs> so Taz really thought that Foley was running the show. <laughs> hey, Foley, I want to walk in no more. Foley gives uh, the the bad man from Brooklyn, or what his name is, uh, the respect he deserves by showing off his new Christmas book. In September, now Taz really wants to quit. Um, so Foley suggests, hey, before you do that, how about a match with Lawler at Unforgiven? And no one's going to be able to screw you out of this match. No one's allowed to touch you. You're not allowed to touch Lawler before that, so you'll be safe. Taz agrees to it after Jim Ross, uh, Lawler, Kevin Kelly, Jonathan the Coachman, who's just made his debut a few months ago, uh, Gorilla Monsoon, and everyone else has had their way with him. He's all right. Taz agrees to it. Mick Foley puts a blowtorch mask on and then says, Taz, I am your father. And Taz laughs at it and thanks Foley. What a bizarre way of ending this segment. It's almost as if 
Like Monty Python were fa- the, the Monty Python <laughs> Flying Circus was famous for b- being the show that was that was like we love sketches, but we never quite know how to end them. So we'll just end them. However, like they didn't, they never worried about the, the whole thing with Monty Python was that everybody remembered the jokes. They never remembered the punchline. So they just threw away the punchline, which is what made Monty Python so special. This felt Python-esque for all the wrong reasons where they were just like, we haven't got an out for this. I'll, I am your father. <laughs> That's great. I'll see you later. 12 months ago, Taz was the ECW champion. 12 months ago, Taz was still considered like the most dangerous man in extreme championship wrestling. And like 12 months on, almost to the day, where Taz is Taz is bracing himself and cutting the promo of his life ahead of defending his title against Masato Tanaka at Anarchy Rules, a match that would end up being his last in ECW. But 12 months ago, he was cutting this promo, promising to tear strips off of Masato Tanaka. 12 months later, hey, Taz, is the mood changed yet? It's certainly flipping us. More than you could ever imagine, Foley. <laughs> yeah. Jericho ripped him last week. Uh, the Again, the alleged thing that Taz was going around backstage going, I can't believe Terry wore orange. That's my colour. Only I can wear orange. And we'll go, what did you just say? I wish they'd done a whole. Uh, week. I wish they'd had a whole week on SmackDown where everyone wore orange. I feel like that's the level of petty Wainthrop that this company is currently <laughs> dealing with. Thank you for that reference. But yes, they should have changed SmackDown from blue and black to orange and black, and called it the next game. So SmackDown, shut your mouth. It's SmackDown Taz smells. <laughs> SmackDown, we all wear orange except Taz. Do it so like everywhere's orange except Taz who has to who has to wrestle in his pants. Uh, even Test laughs at school, Taz. Forgot his PE kit. Oh. Even Test laughs at Taz. Venus refuses to give him anything other than a ninety-nine with no flake. It's Taz. <laughs> but don't worry if you think we're ragging on Taz, it, it gets way better from later on. We'll get to that. But in the meantime, oh yes. Edge and Christian, the tag champs are here. Yay. Christian lists the Phoenix sports teams and says it must be nice to have winners in front of them for a change. Phoenix goes, boo. <laughs> E&C also have nothing to do with Austin getting run over. That was Henosity. And if they could travel back in time and stop it, they would. Oh, wait. <laughs> they do have a time machine. Let's bring back the Hardy Boys from the future to see if they've learned how to talk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this isn't a particularly funny segment, the way it's presented and everything, but some of the lines E and C get are pretty hysterical. Uh, so mm-hmm. from 2050, it's the Rock and Roll Express. No, it's two old dudes in Hardy Boys gear. Uh, and I had no idea until now that 2017 New Day stole these two ideas in separate bits. Uh, Christian asks, are they still spelling things with Z's instead of Zs in the future? After that one good line, Lita appears. Oh, it's an old woman. Laura is in heaven with uh, some of the selection of phrases here. An old, ugly woman. Fantastic. Even her tattoo is aged, he says, following up with, I'm afraid her body is being introduced to gravity. 
Uh, she loves prunes, apparently. So fantastic. No, that's that's the line from this whole bit that everyone seems to remember is when they were speaking to Lita. It's almost as if the woman playing elderly Lita forgot the line and she just blurted out, "I like prunes." Oh, I think Ian C talked about Ian C Edge talked about this in his book, and he said, "Yeah, it was it was great." Apart from they all forgot their lines, but it's okay because <laughs> it's whatever. Because in then, Edge's book, does he say who they are? Because I nah, couldn't find anything about people. them online. Okay. Just they went to oldpeople.com. It's a great website back in the day. But Edge saves anyway by going, Wow, look at Lita. She'll do a hardy for anything. She'll do anything for a hardy. That is rich coming from you, I was going to say, you dripping lad, in irony. Lad, you need to pipe down. <laughs> irony at its most ironic, as they say. Foley is not impressed with this. <laughs> it should be. It wants to make a chicken stew out of chicken poo. And it reminds them at Unforgiven, it's a cage match, I guess. So the team old people can't interfere in that match and uh, help with the finish or something. And here's the Hardy Boys of the present. And the Hardys and Lita triple suplex ENC and leave them laying. Wow. The Hardys got to look strong for a segment. Bloody hell, you can tell they're winning the titles at Unforgiven. <laughs> what do you think of this, Tom? Liked it. I thought it was funny. I thought it was a bit daft. A bit, I think Edge and Christian kind of carry this stuff off well. Like, there's an element of, with these segments, like, I think if they were to do them now, they wouldn't be as funny. But there's something about the way that, I think it's more the fact that Edge and Christian aren't heavily scripted. If they are, it doesn't feel like it. Like, it feels a bit more natural, and a little bit more rugged around the edges. Whereas nowadays, everything is, is scripted to the nth degree and it loses some of that charm. I thought this was fine. Again, Hardy's looking strong ahead of the cage match at Unforgiven. Down for that. I'm excited to see Hardy's become champions. Like they had, a, obviously they've had, they've had the, the belts before, but this kind of feels like a, this feels new. This feels fresh. Having Hardy's in the mix. I know they've been in the mix for a while, but, but it's more the fact that, I don't know, the energy's different. And I'm, and I'm a fan of it. I'm a fan of it. Yeah, they're doing a better job of hyping them up for the tans abilities actually looking good as a team other than just those dudes who do flips. So, yeah, ride that wave. Mm. From that to Perry and Terry are here. Now, you you side then. And <laughs> I don't think this is a bad match. I think I think not just a bad, not a bad match, but I enjoyed everything about what we're about to talk about. No, it's not the match itself. I've nothing against Perry or Terry. Or her orange gown. It's just, it's the intro here. Apparently, they are at WWF New York recently. <laughs> That's all we get. I can't believe it went out of business. <laughs> Later on, they refer to it as, oh, yes. they refer to WWF New York as, quote, a video <laughs> audio amusement park. <laughs> Mate, it's, a, it's a restaurant. Pipe, it's a restaurant with a telly in it. Pipe down. Know your role. My car has a cassette player. It's an audio-visual ride. <laughs> you can look at the cassette tape cover while you listen to the music. Uh, <laughs> while that's happening, Taz appears behind Lola and sits down. And he has a Taz sign with an arrow pointing at him, yelling, I made it, Ma! I'm on SmackDown! Before dropping his sign. Ha-ha. <laughs> anyway, 
don't let that distract you from Steve Blackman showing up to defend his hardcore title. And the show, sorry, the match starts at put show hicks, it really is one, uh, with a crazy tope right into a trash lid. Bloody hell. Terry jumps on Blackman's back, allowing Perry to launch him over the guardrail. While this is happening, Taz is roasting Lawler and th- throwing popcorn oh. over him, yelling, just, hey, Lawler. <laughs> and what's great is you can pick up Taz's very distinct laugh throughout yes. all of this, like on, on King and Lawler's um, microphones. Uh, and every time Perry's on offense, he just, <laughs> you just hear Taz going, <laughs> hey, cool, this is great. He's so good. He's so good. Perry gets another light suplex and reminds Cole to call it right, unlike a few weeks ago when he didn't. <laughs> Sutton lands a crazy acai moonsault to Blackman. Oh, that's as well. beautiful. Terry held Blackman up while he, did. while he did it. Lovely stuff. Only for Blackman to retain by kicking him in the bin. <laughs> Taz continues to verbally assault Lawler and throws his popcorn over the guy set next to him, who I don't think was a part of the show. <laughs> he then bonks he then bonks his sign up for Cole's head and yells, Hardcore match! <laughs> then makes the bell ringer pick a sign up after he dropped it. He's so good he even gets away with saying ass and it's uncensored. <laughs> oh, Yes. Taz at his finest here. Taz at his finest. Taz being Taz De Niro in niche. Cape Fear. <laughs> Which is funny because we talked about Waylon Mercy on Monday on the Raw Review. Oh. So that's quite a, an interesting little reference there. Second time this week. But Taz here. Um, uh, not to take away from the match, I thought Perry sat to Steve Blackman have a belter. An absolute belter for the hardcore title. Really like their match. But Taz is Taz is gold here. I love Taz's work here. And it's one of them where Taz was great as this sort of killing machine in ECW, but as a comedy asshole in WWF, I think he's I think he's better. <laughs> I think he's better. I really do. Yeah, we've got the seeds for what would become the fun loving stupid. This slightly crazy Taz character, which you know and love today on AW Dark. Uh, and good job is we, we go back a bit, but we still hear bits of him. So don't worry, the Taz continues. <laughs> to distract us, Undertaker tells Kelly Kelly, oh, for fu- Kevin Kelly, I keep on doing that. Kelly Kelly. Kelly yeah. Kelly's there. It's like, I don't know if she's even born at this point. <laughs> she's, she's like, hello, I'm, hello I'm, I'm a fetus. Hello, this fetus <laughs> comes up and just introduces herself and you go, so one of those give combat, the title. One of those Mortal Kombat things in the arcade, Kelly Kelly appears and goes, you'll know me in six years' time. I'm like, what the hell was that? <laughs> Undertaker tells somebody called Kelly that they're not friends, but they're going to get the job done tonight. And then Kevin Kelly says, we're not friends? We could have written down The Rock in that sentence. Bloody hell. I'm thinking it's a boring say. promo. Does he spit again here? I think he does, doesn't he? He does. He's got, but his. They found a way to make smoking more annoying. Uh, you you just <laughs> chew the tobacco, and you just you got this mouth like just full of black stuff, and someone's trying to politely ask you, like, "So what? That rock, eh? How's how's he doing? Did you buy the CD?" And he's like, <laughs> "Like the a Tasmanian Ooh. devil, not the good Taz, <laughs> but the other one." So <laughs> you know what Undertaker needed in this segment? It wasn't more to wacky tobacco. 
It was RC Maximum Power Cola, <laughs> which sponsors Lita defending her title against Ivory on Raw with the Moonsault. If your local supermarket doesn't sell RC Maximum Power Cola, throw popcorn at them as they exit the store until they do. <laughs> or, of course, security and have them moved like Lola does with Taz. Taz laughs in Lola's face and dumps even more popcorn on him as he leaves like a complete dick. Love this, love dick. <laughs> anyway, we now have... Wait, it's Edge and Christian are back for a match? All right, well, mm-hmm. that pacing's a bit weird, but they just got attacked by the hard... No, oh, whatever. Uh, the team up with X-Pac for a six-man because Jericho got pounded by X-Pac last week. And he got busted open by his nunchucks. Oh, remember when X-Pac had nunchucks and he was going to be the one, two, three karate kid? Haha, <laughs> good times, Tom. <laughs> Is this the beginning of what would become affectionately known as X-Pac heat? Uh, because yes. we're kind of post, we're post DX, we're post X-Pac and Road Dog is a thing. Road Dog's injured, I think. He's away doing his own thing anyway. And you've just sort of got X-Pac, who's still doing his same shtick. And he kind of has this this energy about him of sort of the last chicken in the shop. <laughs> where everyone else is gone, but he's still like, still there, still in the green, still X-Pac, what he brought out, does stuff. Still coming out, throwing up the, <laughs> throwing up the signs. Just hasn't evolved. In any way, everybody else became Raichu, and there's little old Pikachu <laughs> losing luster. Um, yeah, and I feel like this is where X Pac heat begins. That sort of we, we're not booing you because we don't like you, we're booing you because we don't want you here. I think we're getting there, we're sowed the seeds, but right now he's still X Pac. We don't like you because you're X Pac. You turned on Road Dog, you turned on Kane. DX isn't really a thing, but you're still wearing the colors. Uh, I think it's also at this point though, this specific feud. X-Pac is way below Jericho's level right now. He's just so far below. Jericho should be well above having a singles feud with X-Pac, as good as their chemistry is. Mm-hmm. But it's like it, it's almost bringing Jericho down. But at the same time, it is unforgiven. It is a filler one between SummerSlam and Survivor Series, so it's fair enough. It's not the worst thing in the world. It could have been something like Ice Cream Salesman Venus. So we should thank <laughs> our lucky stars, Tom. We certainly should, my friend. Yeah. Jericho and Hardy sneak attack to show how mad they all are. The crowd is hot for this move-filled match, none of which I bother to type down because work rate is boring to talk about. But man <laughs> are the crowd hot, like Phoenix hot. Jeff Hardy nails a twisting body press off the top and Cole yells, he calls this the whisper in the wind. They follow this mm. up with the uh, Air Sabu, now known as the Poetry in Motion, and the swinging neckbreaker, The Twist of Fate. Lola says, do these guys have the stupid name for every move they do? Yes, they do, Lola. And then after all those cool moves and the crowd getting hotter and hotter for every single time they nail something, X-Pac saunters in to win with the X-Factor because it was legal. But at least we know the point what the match was. The Hardys have names for their moves. They're winning at Unforgiven. (laughs) It's certainly all the indicators are this is a team that's about to become champions. Isn't it? Yes. And that's all we have to say about that. That's all I got to say about that. Exactly. Big Boss Man's chocolate dogs. Oh. 
I'd like a ball and that's the bottom line. <laughs> that's a callback. If you know it, congratulations. <laughs> what was the one we did about milk on his the milky bike kid? <laughs> was that when Boss Man just turned up and stole the Undertaker's milk covered bike? I believe that our boy yes. uh, Colonel XB has animated this for us. He certainly has. And it's insane these little flights of fancy we come up with and then run away. <laughs> like, oh, I don't know. We said something ridiculous like, hey, you know what? We're doing really good right now. Why don't we put an open challenge for George W. Bush and Al Gore to debate on SmackDown? Because it's okay, lads. Jesse Ventura says he'll be the moderator. Oh, you think that's a stupid idea? Wait, 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 just a second, um, presidential candidate. We've interviewed some young people, and they all say, yes, this sounds like a cool idea, and you should do it. I think you should come on to SmackDown and debate with Jesse Ventura, because I liked him in Predator. And I think that George Bush and his other one would be very good at debating to us fans of wrestling. SmackDown, your vote. My name's Jenny Jackson, <laughs> and I approve this message. Thank you very much. I think that they missed a, a chance here because, what, Jesse Ventura? Oh, no. He'll run rings around us. He's such a master on the microphone. They could have got him if they'd said, you know what, Jesse Ventura's he's pulled a sickie. Adele Rio, as they call him in the business. Uh, but we do have here a master of American politics. That's right, Bulldog's back. Yay! <laughs> That's right. It doesn't. Where's know, my presidential candidacy? You had your presidential candidacy. Bush has already given us presidential candidacy. Bush has already given his opening opening remarks. You call that opening remark? <laughs> Here's an opening remark. Throws bin. You call that a tax rebate? <laughs> <laughs> I need a tax rebate because my my former tag team partner, dad about kid. Needs to get his skybox back online. <laughs> yeah, my, my question to you, George W. Bush, what do you think of the rising cost of Sky TV in the United <laughs> Kingdom? <laughs> Al Gore, like, uh, like... my question to you, <laughs> plain and simple tonight. Yes. Can you hold Matilda for us? I've got to go <laughs> take a piss. <laughs> this is like when Sam Malone turned up on Frasier. <laughs> Take Lord Flashheart showing up on Blackadder. Oh my god, that's even better. <laughs> I'm gonna let Bush tell the people how he feels <laughs> while I try and hide behind a pillar. Bulldog by name, Bulldog by nature. Woof! <laughs> Woof! Uh, where have you been? Hi, Queenie. Where haven't you been? <laughs> Hello, George. <laughs> Love the bush. Gives me something to hang on to. <laughs> Woof. Woof. Bulldog is Lord Flashheart. John! No. Uh Instead -oh. <laughs> <laughs> of oh. smack down your vote. It's running power slam, your vote. <laughs> it's low drop kick, your vote. 
It's it's slow snap bear followed by rest hold. <laughs> your vote. It's do drugs with Jim the Anvil Nineheart all summer in preparation for the biggest match of my career. Your vote. <laughs> That's a bit long, like my delayed suplex from Davy Boy. Before we start this presidential debate, I need to tell you all, I'm fucked. <laughs> I turned the stick out in Harlem wearing me United Kingdom briefs. <laughs> bulldog walking through Harlem in his gear. <laughs> I have me boombox and a copy of the anthem and they don't like it. <laughs> Wait, what's up? You do, 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 do. Oh, not you again. Rock promo, few back on track. Uh, Rock has no problem with Undertaker not trusting him. The Rock only trusts himself. The Rock can't trust The Undertaker, Kane, Benoit, this guy holding the camera, this woman gawking at The Rock, an extended bit on the bulldog. Even you, Lillian. Hey, Lillian, do you like pie? Yeah, I like pie. Just what The Rock thought. Smell-a-la-la-la-la-la-la pie. And Zero Tolerance the third. Uh, Rock Undertaker versus the Duds in a table match. Bubba tries to tell The Rock that he needs to worry about Undertaker, not him. It ain't that big of a deal, for God's sake. We know you can't trust Undertaker. We already did this at King of the Ring already. Anyway, Bubba takes Undertaker and Rock smacking him daft until Devon distracts and allows Bubba and Devon to work him over. Still a surreal sight seeing the Dudleys get to the level of working over The Rock and Undertaker in the main event of SmackDown. Crowd loves the what's up headbutt, and that of course sets up Devon's tribute to Tatanka and the table reveal. The Rock tries to send Devon into the table, and Bubba takes him out to stop him from going through. What a cool spot! Oh wait, it was Undertaker not paying attention and messing it up. Oh, then that's less cool. Rock sets up another table. Don't know why. Oh, I see. So we can show how smart the Duds are as Devon moves the table away from the rock bottom. The Duds are like the Predator in table matches. The Undertaker tries for a chokeslam, but The Rock Irish whips him into Undertaker and messes it up again. Undertaker yells at The Rock and then turns right into a 3D for the loss. This was more story than match, but the table teasers were very well done because the crowd bit into every one of them every time. I love the idea of Rock versus Bully Ray. Hmm. Like, like as you, as you said at the beginning there, like Bubba and Devon mixing it up in the main event like this felt very natural. And I liked it. Part of me thought earlier on, it was weird having two heels versus two heels. And we had two faces versus two faces, the faces of the main event. I mean, your brain kind of goes, what, it swapped them around. And I thought, well, actually, no, because I am <laughs> very intrigued by the idea of Undertaker and The Rock versus the Dudley boys. And, and I wasn't disappointed. I thought they had a really cracking match. And, and people got put over strong. It was good to see. There was a great bit where you may have mentioned it. I might have, I might have missed it. I apologize if I did. Where the Dudleys proved that they're masters of the table match. Mm. 
where you had Devon thrown towards the table, I think by the rock, and Bully Ray runs into his path and just grabs him and pulls him out of the way. Like a real subtle little bit with Bubba Ray tackling Devon to the floor to stop him going through the table. But little things like that are like, well, this is their match. So they know kind of where they need to be position-wise and all this stuff. And of course, they beat The Undertaker with The Rock in their own match, in a tables match. And also, what I love, I love, 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 is the fact that an established tag team can beat two established singles wrestlers because the singles wrestlers are in the tag team wrestlers wheelhouse. They are the Dudley boys, TNA, throughout the, like throughout the, like the APA. Like they're established tag teams. They know how to tag team wrestle. The others just can't get along. And it makes sense that all the tag teams, despite the fact that in the grand hierarchy of wrestling, if you weren't to have like to, to break the tag guys into singles guys and put them in a, in the divisions, like this, all the tag guys are beneath them. But in a tag match where the tag teams know how to tag team wrestle, it makes sense that they beat them. And I like that. It was the right result. And it was a fun main event. Well said uh, the first time yeah. they did it, I wasn't sure if it was deliberate or not. And it wasn't clear on commentary, but then they kept on doing it and it was perfectly placed. Oh, if it hadn't been for The Rock and Undertaker not getting along, then they would have won. That's nice. But also, it is a table match, it is the Dud Specialist. So naturally, they're really good at it. Otherwise, they wouldn't be specialists. And yeah, I think it's made for a very fun main event, considering it's just pushing The the Rock Undertaker. Oh, can you trust me? Can I sneak attack you? Are you going to do the thing? I'm like, all right, all right man, yeah. <laughs> and you know what? After that match is over, there's no more time for zero tolerance, which means all the tolerance is here because Undertaker does not take it well and chokes Sam's rock through a table and then drives his push bike up the stage. <laughs> yes. Sadly. Sadly. Lovely stuff here. Tom, it's the end of the show. Aww. Yes, I know the Bulldog kicked it over the 90-minute mark, to say the least, but what was something <laughs> that you remembered from this week's episode? From this episode, I remembered um, I remembered seeing Eddie Guerrero turning up at the Playboy Mansion. I remember like thinking, oh, that's cool. Like, And I don't know whether or not they do more stuff there. But I remember Eddie turning up felt like a cool little bit. And I remember Eddie's just his general acting and sense around that I thought was really, really good fun. So, yeah, that was what I remembered. What did you remember from this? I remembered... Sod and all, really. Uh... <laughs> I'll say Val Venus turning up his right to censor. And you, you remember I, this was the night where we met him again. Yes, we re met. Ill, Ill met by Moonlight. And it feels so good. Yeah. It's like, oh no, Val Venus has joined right to censor. What a crazy stable, I thought at the time. <laughs> I was not a smart kid. In terms of something that we forgot, uh, for me. Well, there's two things that I forgot, um, so I'm happy to choose either or. Um, Hardy Boys from the future, bit completely slipped my mind. Also, Taz, just being brilliant, throwing popcorn at Jerry Lawler. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go with Taz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a highlight for me. I thought he was great here. <laughs> I thought he was bloody brilliant. What a lad. Do you ever think you guys will have a chat about stuff? Do you ever think you guys will get together and talk about wrestling? Ooh, I know you does. give a lot of grief online. Yeah. Oh, we don't have like any grief. A, a... No, no. He goes back and like forth. A... Um, no, no, no. He goes back and forth between hating me and then loving me. 
because the best and worst of him is on AW Dark. And I'm just pointing at going, that was good. <laughs> he loves it. When I go, Taz was great this week, he goes like, oh, thanks, kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. Brooklyn. But everything the show's like, ha, ah, Taz's a mess. He's like, you know, brother, this is a serious business, you know, and we give it all. I'm like, I know. That's why I love you. He's like, okay, just checking. <laughs> He's like Does everybody. He I- He's like every, every wrestler's insecure and vanity search and doing all these things. It's fine. It's understandable. Uh and I think, like everybody else, if you someone's like, how dare you say this to me? He goes, no, I'm a big fan. They're like, my friend, how are you, sir? Oh, yeah. come in. Are you hungry? Have you drank yet? Oh, so. Tis, tis very true. Tis very true. Uh, that is the classic SmackDown review for this week. Tomorrow on the podcast feed, a very special Sunday extra Desert Island Graps. Very excited to reveal that Ron Funches will be joining us on Desert Island Graps tomorrow. That's cool, isn't it, Math? Ruddy hell. Actual Ron Funches. He is a funny man. He is a TV presenter. He's a funny and man. You're gonna... He's a funny man. Uh, he's <laughs> That's what he writes down on his tax form. Funny man. He's a funny man. <laughs> he, does, he does the funnies. He does the funnies. Yes. He's the host of Chopped 420 on Discovery Plus at the moment, which is a lot of fun to watch. It's a very alternative uh, cookie show, one that I'm sure Val Venus would enjoy if we talked to him. Um, he's also the host uh, of the Getting Better podcast, and we'll talk all about that uh, and everything else. And he's a massive wrestling fan. So, of course, we're going to talk about the three wrestling matches that he would watch while stranded on a desert island. Uh, you have, you've met up with Ron Funches in the past, haven't you, Val? <laughs> You tell me. <laughs> I can't remember, so there must have been great times. Well, there was a great photo of you after you met Ron Funches, and it's <laughs> you and Ross. And I swear to God, it looks like a waxwork of Matthew. <laughs> and it's not. It's actual Matthew. <laughs> yeah, all he did was breathe in my face, and he was like, uh, <laughs> No, nothing but love uh, for it, Mr. Ron Funches. I'm really happy such a positive person is speaking with another positive person. Rubbing together like two magnets. We'll do that tomorrow. And until next time, he is at Matthew Gregg on Twitter. I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter. <laughs> we are at Cultaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. I love you. Bye, dog. A question for George Bush. If I throw this bin, can you catch it? With your head. Dunk. Oh, oh. not again. <laughs> That's got to be Bulldog. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic.